For the first time with Champagne is Also a Band podcast, I'm entering with a cold open to tell you of a content warning. This podcast briefly mentions homicide, suicide. We talk about it a little bit, but we don't go into specific detail. But I felt it was important that I inform the listener that this is a subject that we will be touching on in this particular episode. I contacted Kelsey after this episode was recorded. I checked in with her to see if it was okay to let everyone know um, as, as, a, as, as a content warning. And also, I checked with her about resources that are out there that she would recommend so that I could share the resources that are out there. Please check out the liner notes in the podcast for a list of contact information. I just wanted to give a shout out to an organization that I reached out to under the advice of Kelsey, and it's called rattlethestars.org. And I reached out to them on Facebook. Their link will also be included, but I'm also supposed to emphasize they are not an organization to call in a crisis. They refer people to other resources. Um, but I was able to contact them on Facebook, and they gave me some wonderful information and resources. I will be reposting this contact information in the liner notes. Suicide is not an easy topic to talk about, and we touch on it briefly. But, but I want to personally thank Kelsey Sharp for talking with me about this song and sharing some monkey bread and really showing me what it's like to heal after something that is really difficult to deal with. It's never easy losing a loved one and especially two parents at the same time. Thank you so much, Kelsey, and be sure to look out for one another because there is help out there. Welcome to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box Studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Hello and welcome to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. My name is Sven and I'm here with Kelsey Sharp and we're going to be talking about her song Healing. But first of all, I'm going to say hi to Kelsey Sharp and uh, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Sven? Excellent. Well, thank you for coming out. and Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming and recording a demo version of this song 
so that everyone can hear what a wonderful piece of music it is. Um, Thank you. So I'm going to first tell people some of the bands that they may have seen you in in the local Champaign-Urbana area. Um, the first one is Tell Mama, and recently you were in Snail and Fiona Kimball. Well, uh, without further ado, which is something I seem to say a lot, um, let's listen to the song Healing. Not a day goes 
faster than your think time runs out before you can even realize the time's just passed you by. The more you love, the more you lose. They can't take away my memories of being with you. Excellent. Well, thank you for for recording that with me. And um, I guess let's just dive right in. All right, um, let's do it. So, so you said that um, we had been talking earlier uh, um, before recording that this was a song that you wrote for your uh, senior recital. Mm-hmm. And um, well, I mean, so oh, go ahead. I was going to say. say? Well, it, I wrote it for my parents. The first oh. time I performed it was at my senior recital. Oh, okay, okay, very good. Um, so, oh, so you wrote it for your parents. Um, so, is the is there um, is there a story about this that you'd like yes. to talk about? I yeah, I don't know how much I'd mentioned before in uh, email or anything. Uh, my parents passed away seven years ago, as of this October thirteenth. I'm, so no, I'm sorry. I, that's okay. I appreciate wow. it. Um, and it happened about eight months before my senior, like my senior recital, my graduation senior year. Um, eight months before I was completely done with school, and so it was kind of wow. um, a shock. Uh, and it was very out of the blue. Um, and it well, it, it was a homicide suicide. And, um, my, you know, my parents were, by all 
you know, standards normal to in our eyes, and, you know, we just didn't see it coming, and um, I wrote this song about three months after their passing, and I've since written a lot of songs, but this is kind of, like, the mecca of, like, really describes what um, I was feeling at the time, and um, I don't really know what it was going to bring me later in terms of how it was going to help me heal. And it felt only natural that I called the song Healing because it was kind of my process of um, processing grief and my way of putting that into something tangible that people can feel and understand. And um, the first time I received that recording back was the first time I had heard it from the other side. And it was just like... It was incredibly healing, you know, and I just started, like, bawling, and, um, you know, it was like hearing the song for the first time, and, um, you know, I've since listened to that recording over, you know, a hundred times, and each time it it brings me a little bit of um, that peace of mind, and just, like, knowing that I'm on the right path, and um, knowing that music is what I'm supposed to do, so. Wow. I... I had no idea. I actually, I wasn't sure if it was about like a breakup or like just no longer seeing someone Mm -hmm. anymore. And wow, that's, um, that's one of the amazing things about songwriting in general is that it does have a wide interpretation and also just it, it means different things to different people and mm-hmm. um it's you know in some ways it's it's surprising that um in some ways there's there is a very hopeful quality about y- your playing and the chords that you chose and and the way that you I, I must admit I'm I'm a little bit taken aback. I didn't know the full story, and so now it's I feel like I I'm scrambling to, you know, reinterpret and and look at this in a through those eyes. Um, I've I've lost people in my life it, quickly and suddenly, and I I'm really. I was actually really captivated by your entry, your your intro with the piano part. Um, it's it's very it is very dreamlike and mm-hmm. kind of as as like the fade in and the sparkling and and um, it's 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 that where you have um, where the picture is kind of coming in clearer. And you're trying to figure out where it is because it it doesn't as a, as an arpeggio you're not just doing one threes and fives you're you're doing a big scape of multi layered chords that as as you're doing the arpeggio you you might be doing what you would consider like a full jazz chord but because of your articulation as you're going through it seems like you're you're shifting the chords as you're going but it's as as one whole phrase as it did that make sense at yeah, all? i was gonna say it's you're like, on you're hitting the nail on the head with everything you're talking about because it's it's like this um it you did a very good job of emoting it with your with your plane Thank and you. um because it, it does it does seem like the shifting <clears throat> like there's not it, it's a chord for like 
a second and then it's 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 one type of chord for a second and then it's another type of chord for another second Mm -hmm. very short period of time and it's just um it's wonderfully uh (laughs) i was gonna say it's wonder wondering and beautiful so it's wonderfling is what started coming out um but it's uh it's like as it kind of comes into focus and then you've just got this you just kind of clarify it with your own your words like i had a dream you were here and then i woke up turned around and then it's you know then you're coming back to this kind of more solid yeah more solid where you have you 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 go from something that's this this wondering sparkling changing it's kind of like a dream sequence yeah dream sequence and then you go to this like like the one two three four one you know Mm -hmm. where you're doing the where you're doing these chords that are um just based on a very I want to say on a regimented rhythm where mm-hmm. you're you're back to grounded and very back to reality. It it that's when you have this. I never thought that this would happen to me. And interesting that you're saying that um, the song is called healing, and that you you brought in your own personal healing through this song in some ways. Did it start on the piano, or did it start with the words, or? Uh, I think it started as an improv, and I had that dream sequence at the very beginning. I had written, um, actually before they had passed, and it was just a a thing that didn't have any lyrics or idea, or it was just a thing. And then uh, that happened, and then one day I was in the practice room, and I started playing that. And it just kind of unfolded naturally. And the beginning part came out pretty easily, but then finishing the song took a while because I had to figure out what it was I wanted to say with the song. And even finding the way to say it is always really hard. And, And, you know, there's I can be very critical about, you know, even the words that I settled on but i think it's simple enough that it gets the point of across and it um kind of covers like the song is written you know there's the dream sequence of imagining that they're still here because it's kind of a bigger metaphor for like this whole experience of dealing with grief has felt like a nightmare a dream a you know a different alternate reality because it just doesn't feel real that that something like that would happen so and then at the end it kind of comes back full circle ending with that same reference to the dream and saying you know i can't wait till my dream comes true and i and i actually get to be with them again and throughout the lyrics um it's pretty chronological in that it goes through like the feeling of numbness at the very beginning and kind of slowly acceptance and then about halfway through the song the chord progression changes and the whole feel it's more uplifting and even more hopeful and that's when the lyrics go more positive and to say that i'm strong i'm happy i'm letting go of the pain and the hurt no longer shows and so it it turns more positive and it kind of tries to leave the listener with a more hopeful feeling of you know there is a light at the end of the tunnel and there's there's hope for me and i'm i'm not alone in anything that i'm suffering through at that point you even turn the key change and mm-hmm. um are you an a flat yeah okay um 
that was just watching your i didn't yeah. sit you know and figure it but i was just watching your hands as you record see that's the kind of fun thing about you know actually seeing someone record demo and see kind of you know just Sing like just like this this monkey bread with many different <laughs> layers um it, you get to see how the you get to see how the how the how the cake is made, but mm-hmm. not the sausage is made because you don't want to see that. No, I'm just. <laughs> I don't know what it is about um, about really sad things that uh, people tend to, and by people I mean me, tend to um, kind of deflect in some ways and with humor and and um, and there's certainly a place for the humor because it's it sometimes it's like. It's not as painful as it, 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 well, you give a chance for yourself to have something other than pain for a little bit. And, um, you know, you run, you run the gamut with, with this, um, not in terms of humor, but certainly that brightness towards the end where you're, you're kind of resolving and, and giving yourself, um, permission to, Mm -hmm. to be okay. And, um, or not okay too. Yeah. It, well, it's okay to be not okay, kind yes. of. Yes. Um, but I, I, I can't even, in, I can't even comprehend it, it, just how sudden that would be. And and I, I mean, I'm really in. I'm I'm really sorry that 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 had to be something that's in in your life that that in some ways has has kind of shaped you and and. You know, can you tell me a little bit more of the early development of of the song, besides just uh, not besides, but um, you know, so you you wrote the lyrics, and then how did you decide to kind of flesh out the the music behind it, and then like how did that beyond the dream part? When did you start getting into, I guess, more of the verse parts and mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, the verse part was hard because, um, you know, I didn't want just to sound like, you know, every other pop song, one, four, mm-hmm. three, five or something. And um, I think a lot of it was just improvising and, you know, does this sound nice? No, maybe what if I take it here? And then, like, um, the one I found, major, minor, major, and then, like, a diminished minor and that's the one that kind of it kind not to it kind of reminds me and references uh like radiohead because they do oh, yeah you know that chord yeah. progression yes <laughs> i think it's yes. very it's predominantly known in like creep yes uh, where they just, do the diminished yeah. and it just like it gives me chills and um when i when i played it i was like oh this really is appropriate and it fits the feel um and the rest of like expanding that was really again improv and like um just playing around with those chords and seeing what comes out of it and yeah. then like i said when um i asked my friend laura so i was um <clears throat> i went to isu for music business in uh, um okay. bloomington and after changing my major several times um i ended up with music business and laura was in one of my business classes and i just always loved her voice it was very passionate and very emotive and powerful and i at the time i wasn't quite ready to play and sing it and i i think both emotionally and um like 
spiritually in my head it was like I wasn't in the right head headspace and I'm still processing things and I'm still letting it sink in so to speak and so I asked Laura to sing and coincidentally kind of helped me write the the melody line and like I am a major procrastinator so we didn't really practice until like two days before the big uh, performance <laughs> yeah but she had the lyrics before and she probably you know i think she was working on some melody lines and then when we got together we literally ran it maybe three times and mm. she improvised the melody and it was just it was perfect like i don't know how it happened it was kind of a miracle and then um the day of the the my senior recital was our first uh, performance and like i said i had um my friend devin on cello and i on piano and laura singing and you know it was my senior recital so all my family is there and um some peers and other students and just the energy from the audience and you know because they know what had happened and so they're always trying to be supportive in whatever ways was available and like coming to the senior recital was a big part of it and so that was like i mean the senior recital is like your senior thesis or your um dissertation or you know something like that and i remember coming out for the it was like the encore because nobody knew some people knew but not many people knew that i even had prepared this song so and i it wasn't in the recital you know and um they weren't really expecting it so when i came out for the encore i brought the girls with me and everybody's kind of like what's going on and they sat down and we took our places and i said a very few brief words and you know this is a song i wrote for my parents and Mm -hmm. i played it and like there was not a dry eye in that Mm -hmm. auditorium that day and like that was probably one of the most moving experiences i've ever had and laura when she sang the melody line it was just it was perfect and i really kind of used her improv and you know her structure of the melody line as as a starting point and i tweaked a few like i said i tweaked a few things here and there and i the song is still evolving because i still want to take it somewhere you know and like i said one day make it for like quartet or like a string horn ensemble of some sorts and the halfway point when this the chord progression turns you know that was i think that was just another um when i was improvising and kind of finding other ways that sounded and i also like i said i wanted the music to reflect what was happening in the lyrics and to kind of illustrate okay well i've noted i noticed that this part of the song is where the whole mood changes and so i want the song to reflect more positivity and hopeful and so i changed that chord progression to go up and then after that little section it comes back to the same chord progression from the beginning but now it's a more a little more faster and more powerful and more uplifting as opposed to you know maybe more melancholy and um sad you know yeah kind of one of those corporations like it could be really sad it could be really happy it kind of depends on what's happening in the lyrics and so i tried to kind of get them to tie together and have them both help each other if that makes sense well it's kind of interesting that you know the interpretation of of a chord in itself are are relative to the the chords well i was going to say the chords that came before or after exactly them um I I love like thinking about how 
how music kind of shapes our emotional state. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them because food insecurity among students is so high. They serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. I guess I'm. this makes me sad, though, that you're... You're going to be taking your exceptional talent out to North Carolina, did you say? Mm-hmm, that is One right. of, another state <laughs> and of great distance from here. <laughs> Not great distance, but of, of a reasonable distance that doesn't make it easy to just kind of come on over. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's sad, but I... You know, it sounds like you have some really wonderful opportunities coming. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, I, I really hope for the best for you. Thank and, you. uh, you know, there's not, I mean, there's, there's a decent amount of keyboarders, but not, if, if that's fair to say, um, keyboarders or keyboardists. pianists or yeah, keyboardists, there, there's a discipline and, and precision about the way that you play that's that's really wonderful and i think it's too bad that we in the champagne urbana music scene have to uh lose you mm, but thanks appreciate that you heard that north carolina <laughs> got something good coming your way all right <laughs> would you like to kind of say things that you're going to miss about the scene yeah absolutely. about this yeah about the champagne urbana music scene <laughs> There's, this can be argued a lot of different ways, but you know, I really am going to miss the variety of talent and the amount of talent that um, I've had the privilege of working with a lot of these incredible musicians, um, some of which have already moved away as well. Um, but you know, it's it's cool watching them uh, move on to newer things, or even if they haven't moved out of Champagne, seeing them move on to different projects, because um, it feels like there's these numbers are based on no factual information right. but if <laughs> it feels like there's you know maybe 40 musicians in town but there's like 80 bands and like a lot of us right. are in multiple projects which i think is really cool it's it can't be a double-edged sword because sometimes when you have multiple projects it's hard to be as dedicated to you know your the projects that you are in so and also availability but it seems like 
everywhere you look there's always somebody who's willing to show up show out and do a great job not only just bringing music but bringing an entertaining performance that's engaging and makes you feel something and you know i see a lot of artists and bands come and go and reform and come back to old groups and you know they're always very inspiring because like i whenever i go to the uh, like usually the smaller like indie shows or whatever i just want to go home and write after i leave the show and i'm huh. you know feeling really motivated as a songwriter to see somebody else do their craft just makes me want to work harder and not to be in a, like a competitive way but you know being being in competition with myself of like well this is what somebody else is accomplishing is that something that's a goal for me and how can I get closer to that and and I feel like the scene here is really supportive like yeah. you ha- you know you have your clicks here and there but generally speaking like even if you run into clicks you're going to run into five other people that are going to be really open minded to your music and just invite you in and be like yeah come come play your music here we have this and you know we'll make you feel right at home and I mean Svenstock was a that was that was that for me too and there was a very supportive community that I can't that I found coming out here that was cool. just really fun and like fun loving and I love the dogs like I'm, I'm an animal oh. lover I have a dog myself so uh oh. getting I, I think i brought millie when uh for svenstock last year but yeah and then there's like cu bands and fans is another great community that right. they're supporting the scene and trying to get everybody's shows out there and every time i've messaged them to be like hey could you promote the show like they're like yeah of course and they put it on their list of, that they put out weekly of all the shows and there's also sort of little pockets of people and i know ci living every once in a while they do a music portion or yeah. um that features and i got to play the valentine special this last february with wellspring duo a couple good friends of mine i don't know there's there's a lot of great things um going in the scene and i really hope it continues to thrive and you know we've seen some good venues go and close down but in replace of those there have been a few others that have opened up and tried to kind of fill that void and even the diy underground scene you know they're trying their hardest to give those smaller guys an opportunity to play so i you know any new band or new person that is like man you know i just started making music but like none of these bars will hire me i'm just like don't you know don't worry about the bars like right go to go to the house scenes go to blips and shits go to casa de sasha you know like there's all sorts of places and i try and be a good resource for those who don't either new to the scene or you have no idea where to go because you know the longer i've stayed here the more i realize that there are people who want to support the locals and who are willing to you know fork up for a couple bucks to make it happen right as part of your tenure here at uh the champagne urbana music scene are there are there any particular moments that stick out to you that were like particularly exceptional whether it was you as an audience member or you as a performer mm-hmm. um oh man it's a tough question specifically in this performing in here or just in general you mean like tonight uh no in- i'm just <laughs> <laughs> in in central illinois or yeah i was just i was just thinking if there was just something that stood out to you in in the champagne urbana music scene area like you know i was i was at mike and molly's one night i was walking by and uh i don't know some band was playing and <laughs> it was amazing i i mean i've seen 
so many amazing shows and so many amazing moments of you know an exchange of energy between performers and audience i don't know that i really have a favorite but i do have a few that stick out in mind i only did tell mama for a year before the lead singer and our guitarist who were there were kind of the heart of the band they were moving out of state for different jobs Mm -hmm. and we had our final show at cowboy monkey cowboy monkey was kind of like our home yeah home turf we we played a lot of shows there and always a good crowd and I feel like a, quite a few people knew who Tell Mama was, and so they were always on the lookout for our shows. And we had a really good turnout for the final show. And you know, to like look out in the crowd and see everybody dancing. And sadly, that was my first and only show that I got to sing lead on a song because I, nice. I was more preferred to be like backup and harmonies, mm-hmm. and mostly because. Like Ryan uh, Cannon, our lead singer, was just an incredible powerhouse of a vocalist, and I right. there was no way I could even like match her greatness. But um, I sang "What I'd Say" by Ray Charles, and it's one of my favorite songs. And that was a really fun wow. moment for me to sing that little tribute, and you know, at our final show, I've seen a lot of shows at Iron Post that were really fun. Um, probably my favorite at Iron Post was like "Soul on Sunday." which they still do. It's the last Sunday of every month. And sometimes they do themes. Aaron Wilson, A-plus, A-train. He's uh-huh. the one who books those. And I met him at a Changemakers meeting. I don't know if you're familiar with the CU, CU Changemakers uh-uh. group. They're another community that I got a part of. And wow. they, I mean, just exactly how they sound. They're trying to make change. And so every once in a while they meet and they'll try and, they'll do like little social meetups where they try and meet other people who are trying to make social change in the community. And so awesome. Aaron approached me and we got to talking and connected over music and he was just like, well, come, come to my stage and sing. Like we have a backup band and every time I go there, like I get really nervous, but like everybody's just so welcoming and friendly and I don't really have a favorite one performance, but every time I've gone, like the, they've been really open and accepting and just like come up after the show and just be like, man, like that was so beautiful. Like you really, you know, keep doing music yeah. and just encouraging and yeah, so those are some of the ones that kind of stick out that's excellent well and i'm also glad to hear like about new organizations or groups of people that are are doing things that are about finding great things in champaign urbana and and you know connecting with like minds basically i love that i love that i guess we might as well go with what are you not gonna miss about the champagne urbana <laughs> music scene if you feel so inclined we can also skip that but you know i don't know I, even if there's something i don't like there's there's always people who are you know who are on the opposite end of the spectrum that right. are you know supporting the scene um recently i've heard some people complain about how it's either all the same performers or um there's not enough venues which i think you must not be looking hard enough if that's the complaint yeah. and and i mean granted there are a small uh, a group of musicians that kind of in rotation of you know they get they get the most shows but it's mostly because they're the ones willing to respond to emails right. and to show up and and that's you know that's a whole nother argument of you know why some musicians may or may not be as reliable but i think at the end of the day yeah. you know the people who are willing to work hard and willing to show up like those are the ones that are gonna keep getting booked and keep coming back and right. um 
keep persevering really i am going to do something kind of random i've never done this before but i happen to notice on your left forearm you have do i have oh, okay good because i am dyslexic so i have <laughs> hey, i do have problems i do have sometimes i'm like god did, did i just say the wrong direction <laughs> um but i happen to notice you had like a dna strand yes in there is there is there something is there a can story you, behind that can you see the uh piano keys in there Oh, it's the running joke. I always like to say pianos in my DNA, and then I show them this tattoo. Nice. <laughs> oh my god. Well, and I couldn't, I couldn't see it before, mm-hmm. but that's that's actually that's awesome. Yeah, I I saw that and I immediately fell in love with it, and like I, it really kind of describes how it's I feel do. about music and piano is because um, I started taking lessons when I was five years old, and oh. so I've been playing for twenty four years. <laughs> and music is about as natural as breathing is to me and like as cheesy as it sounds no that that makes sense like i've i've probably hit my hundred thousand hours at like the end of high school oh my goodness and like in college when i was studying music um especially when i was preparing for my senior recital i was practicing about seven or eight hours a day five days a week so I was like a part-time, almost full-time job for me. Yeah. Um, did you have that done around here or? Um, the guy who did it used to be from here. Uh, I met him in Bloomington and he did like the first three or four of my tattoos. And then I moved to Champaign and then I called to make an appointment and they were like, oh, he's moved to Champaign. I was like, perfect, because I have too. So I found him <laughs> and he continued um tatting me for a few years and then he moved to indian wells california which i just so happened to be going on a road trip there with my girlfriend a few months later which that's where i got this one done uh it's called enso which is chinese for uh, a circle and it's kind Uh of zen buddhists used to draw and so daily as kind of a meditative ritual right and there's there's like a long story behind it i won't go too too deep into it but um then we've got time (laughs) (laughs) then a couple years later i was going for my cousin's wedding which was in indian wells so it's i mean i have 11 tattoos and nine of them have been done by him Why would you make the horrible, horrible decision to leave Champaign-Urbana? No, I'm, <laughs> you know I say that out of love. Yes. So, well, just to preface, uh, I love this town, and you know, some people have asked me that. Like, I'm not really leaving because there's anything wrong with Champaign. I, I really love it, and I think it's a great place to settle down. And I think one day I could, I would. We'll probably come back when they I've seen do. the world. Yes, right? They all do. It's so. the black hole. Well, and you... you Were you born? Yeah, uh, here in yeah. Ch- I was born in oh, Carl. No. I know, You're Urbana. You're totally... My, my <laughs> wife was born here, nice. and um, she describes this place as the black hole. Mm-hmm. It's like it... You, a, could, a you try to leave, but then that. you get sucked back yeah. in, especially if you're capital T townie. You're um, leaving, but but just to get out and explore the world and yeah, come back. I 
I have I haven't really lived anywhere else outside of Illinois. Uh, I lived in Bloomington Normal for six years for school, and then came back here uh, for five years ago. And like I've loved it, and I've gotten so many opportunities. And I don't think that would stop uh, getting opportunities if I stayed here. I think it would just be. Um, what kind of opportunities am I looking for and if I'm wanting right. to move on. So my, my plan, um, I know I met a friend down in, uh, technically it's Burnsville, a little place called Snaggy Mountain. And um, I was traveling there with a girlfriend. We were filming this very small documentary um, about sustainable living. And so he lives on an off-grid farm. Wow. It's another big story there. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. I would love to get off grid <laughs> and, if possible. Uh, I just fell in love with the scenery and the forests right by uh, Mount Pisgah National Forest. Wow. And um, I always told myself I want to come back because he said he does the in-artist residencies and he's trying to build like a studio and all sorts of stuff. And I kept in touch with him. And um, actually when Snail went on our summer tour, I got us booked a show there. So we went and performed on the stage that he had built that overlooks the mountains. Ice. That was. That, that's where I'm going to be. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yes. And um, is, is, I'm sorry. Was that something that like at that point when you went and performed, you were like, that's it. That's where I have to go. I had already knew a long time before. Ah, okay. <laughs> In fact, that stage wasn't built until after I had first visited. So I went there like six years ago. And at the time, it was still all in the process of constructing. So a lot of it hadn't really f been finished. And so he was just telling me all of his dreams. And I'm, you know, when people make plans, it's kind of like sometimes you, it'll happen. Sometimes life happens and it doesn't ha happen right. the way you plan for it. So I was like, you know, I'll, I'll kind of keep an eye out and see how things go. And, and he's been making massive strides over there. And coming back to visit was really nostalgic and really just like, I felt like kind of felt home partially because there's just so much no nature and it's like out outside of any like city noise right. and pollution. And it's just a very like quiet homey quaint town and and that Asheville's right next door so there's a lot of good music opportunities there but like I said um, his artist residency is a maximum of three months so after the winter months are over I'm probably not probably I'm gonna be getting on the road and I just want to go see the US and see because I haven't really been to a lot of like national monuments or national forests and I have a lot of friends all over the states so I kind of want to hit up those places when I go by them and then I'm going to come back and visit in April and oh. probably again in July because I got pulled into doing this awesome camp for kids. Do uh, <gasps> you know about ISYM? No. So it's a program, I think U of I, I don't know if they just host it or if they um, organize it as well, but yeah. it's uh, a portion of it is called Rock Band Camp, and I was helping a group of like 12 to 16, 17-year-olds form a band, 
and cool. kind of talk through learning four or five songs and then we uh, have rehearsals all week and they they go to some other electives like there's a songwriting class you can take or a music business or technology class and then at the end of the week they have a big showcase where they you know they put on a concert for all the songs that they learned and it was Sounds great super inspiring and it was just so much fun working with kids and te- like because they all want to be there and they all want right to learn this rock music they like begged me to come back because they're like we need it we need more keyboard instructors and and it was it was just it was a blast to work with so i do want to come back for that um and then my birthday and a bunch of my other family family's birthday are in april and so i'm kind of trying to be here and i want to book some shows while i'm here so And then uh, after that, just zigzagging across the U.S. and um, landing in Eugene around next fall, next winter. Wow! So I'm I'm thinking I don't know if I'm going to try and do hit all 49 states or at least the ones I haven't been to yet and see as much as I can. So that's kind of my year year long plan. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. What are your, what's like your favorite non-musical thing in the world or whatever? Well, I have a few. So, one, there's two major things I do that are not music that kind of keeps me sane. I'm a seamstress and uh, my mom taught me how to sew from a very young age and uh, I used to do 4-H and I can make clothes from from scratch. (laughs) Wow. And I don't make my clothes as often as I could because I'm lazy, but I have a few dresses that I've made and I've always made my Halloween costume almost every year. I don't really do that much anymore, but I did last year just for the fun of it. And then um, a lot of times I really like taking clothes and altering them to look more my style or to reflect something because I always want to change whatever I see you know when I bring it home from the store I'm like ah it could be cooler if I did this and like wow I can alter it to my own style and Mm. then I'm also a Reiki master I don't know if you're familiar with energy work so how did how did you become a Reiki master um I think it was like freshman or sophomore year of college when I first heard about it and my girlfriend had been practicing it for a little bit and like when I first heard her talk about it I was kind of like oh that sounds really strange but whatever and then a few years later uh, a friend of mine had brought it up and I'm like oh I heard about that you know I never really know Uh what it was so I started looking more into it and kind of found that 
It was really intriguing. It didn't have any... It wasn't related to any religion. You know, it was kind right. of just a free standing thing. And um, that was probably my junior or senior year of college is when I became more interested. And then through a mutual friend, we found two uh, Reiki masters in Bloomington, Craig and Sheila, and really, really, really nice folk. Like, hmm. just super down-to-earth, um, genuine pure souls and they were practicing christians and they you know they had could separate their religion from reiki but they kind of incorporate both of them in their own personal use but when they were training they would um it was just a very like spiritual experience and they didn't you know they weren't trying to like push their beliefs on us or anything and they were just like this is what we do and like kind of adapted to your own beliefs and so i got my first degree um certificate like the end of uh 2012 and then about a year later i got second degree and there's three three degrees um and then after that you can become um a master teacher where you can give other people the same certifications or just um just reiki master and i wait well i say i waited but i didn't do anything with it other than just practicing on my own personal time and you know to friends when it came by i didn't like try and set up a practice or company or anything and then just in the last two or three years i kind of felt like i wanted to go all the way and and become a master teacher and then i kind of started putting the vibes out to the universe and and saying you know i'm looking for a reiki master who can help me with this last certification and found jessica nolan in town and she's she's got her own practice she's also a massage therapist and so a lot of time massage therapists will incorporate both that and reiki together you don't have a plan to do have a practice or anything or you do Uh, or yeah, I wouldn't say I, I, I don't plan on doing a practice with it. It's it's something that's kind of in the back of my mind of, I think if I wanted to grow it more, I would definitely give it more attention. And right now, music is kind of where I want most of my attention to be until I'm ready to switch focus, you know. Right. But I found Jessica and we did the final training and I got all the way to master teachers. So now I can give other people that same certification. But there's, there's not a huge crowd for it in... Champagne, Urbana. There's not oh. a lot of people that know about it, and Urbana. There's a little bit more of the granola crowd that they, well, <laughs> you know, they know that's, what's. Uh, that's some <laughs> Urbana shit right there. Yeah. As they say, yeah. But like giving the cert- certification is another one that I've definitely like. That's why I did it is um, also to give it to other people. But yeah, it's. Uh, so it's been, I think I've been doing it for six years total now. Wow. And I mean, everybody's experience is different. I'm sad to have this end, but um, Kelsey, thank you for being on the show. Thank and you. Um, it's, it's been very um, wonderful to hear the story about... Um, your song healing and and coming in getting to watch you perform it i feel honored by the fact that you were able to come in and and uh uh record uh the song and now uh this podcast will be able to also share yes that wonderful piece and anyway uh 
best wishes for all your endeavors and thank you um you know i <laughs> enjoy your year-long trip it <laughs> sounds amazing and definitely i mean seriously do it do it while you're young do that get <laughs> out there yeah um but even if you're getting old you should probably do it too i'm saying this to you it's f- never too future late Sven. yes <laughs> um but uh anyway um thank you thank you Thank you for listening to champagne is also a band podcast this is kelsey reminding you great music is out there go find it where you live in this episode we briefly discuss suicide if you or someone you know is in emotional distress or having thoughts of suicide you can get support 24 7 365 from the national suicide prevention lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or at the Crisis Text Line at 741-741. In the CU area, you can also call the Rosencrantz Crisis Line at 217-359-4141. Please look out for each other and know that there is help out there. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Sound speaker on the internet.